Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan. Brought to you by Maybank. Angelan, Angelan, we are looking at different ways to get around the city car-free and talking to a few adventurous souls who've done it. And first up, our very own non-story over the year of being car-free. Yeah, it kind of happened over the MCO. I decided I didn't need the car anymore, so I was taking the feeder bus, which would connect me to the MRT station, which would then take me, what, 35 minutes to get to town. Usually, I'd just get in for a squash game or something. Mm-hmm. The best thing about that was coming back, I would always avoid traffic. Um, this was when, you know, MCO started to, to ramp down a little bit. Right. Um, uh, and I would over, I would be overhead looking at all the people stuck watching in traffic. The, watching the jams. Yeah, and it was fantastic <laughs> because 35 to and 35 back. And it wasn't expensive at all because there was a government incentive. I think I was paying 30 ringgit a month for unlimited rides. It was really, really good. So how long would it have taken you if you were driving a car and then having to look for parking, etc.? Oh, so I was talking to Keith about that. Actually, when you work it out, it's, it's quite substantial, the amount of time. It's like um, a factor in two hours because I have to figure out you know driving out I've got to make sure that I'm missing peak traffic I also have to make sure that I find a parking space I have to factor in the cost of the parking all in all I saved a lot of money and a lot of time as long as you know what the schedule is and you can track that on your phone because Mm -hmm. the buses come with GPS as well you can have a really good handle on time management it's really really good and was it easy to get to the stations yeah. Um, so in my case, I had a feeder bus, which which uh, would connect to the MRT station. At the end, though, because I would end up in Bukit Bintang, mm-hmm. where my squash matches were, I was able to get onto one of those e-scooters. So that's when I started to learn how to use ah. them. So fantastic. So how much money did you save in a year of not having your car? Well, all right. Well, you consider I didn't pay insurance. I didn't pay my uh, monthly. I didn't mm-hmm. have one. Um, parking, toll, petrol, uh it's a big amount of money, a very big amount of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I highly recommend public transportation. Uh, the last mile issues, sure, but you know you can't have everything. All right. Now coming up, Lex, as we continue with our Jalan Jalan, it's time to talk about a bicycle commute with our very good friend Megat Zarin. So this week, we're calling it Jalan Jalan. We're looking at different ways to get around the city, car-free, and talking to a few adventurous souls who've done just that. Right now, we're with Megat Zarin. Okay, can you tell us about your car-free experience, how you traveled, how you got to work, the whole thing? Okay, so I did have a car. We had one car, but my wife had to use it to pick up the kids and stuff. So I decided, okay, since office is not that far, I'll just cycle there. So that's why I did. I used to cycle to work. At first, it was two ways, but then after a while, we kind of worked out a system where she would pick me up after work. But I would still cycle to work, yeah. How long did it take you? About half an hour, about half an hour. But uh, mind you, I would travel at about 5.40 in the morning, so there's no cars, yeah. Okay, you say no cars, but then, you know, driving to work that early, especially when it's raining or had, you know, just rained, whatever, can be a little bit like, I don't know, scary. Like, did you ever have worries about cycling into work yes uh definitely you know what's scary is actually the parked cars the cars that are parked because oh. you don't know whether there's somebody in the car and since you're a bicycle you're very you're very quiet you know so they can't hear you coming so a lot of times when i see a parked car i would slow down and just veer off a bit mm-hmm. so that i won't accidentally get knocked into mm-hmm. so yeah there were some worries of course whenever you're on a bike or a motorbike it's it's pretty risky here yeah. 
Okay, and did you have to go on like back roads or was it like highway travel? I would take the same route as a car would. There, there was no um, smaller route as far as mm-hmm. I knew. So I just took the normal routes. Okay. As per, yeah, but um, I had to change it once. I had, so basically, I, there was a certain route I took, but then I got into a bit of an accident, and then I, it was a minor accident. I just fell onto the main road. Then I was thinking, like, oh, if there was a car, that would be that would be the end of me. So I took a, a slightly longer route. What other anecdotes uh, do you have from your either going to or going home from work store, you know, trips? So the typical one, yeah, uh, of course. There was once where I, I rode and my, my tire had a punctured wheel. So then I had to go back home, then take the car. So that was a, that was the whole thing. But a few interesting ones. Um, chased by, by a pack of dogs. Oh, no. Bugs. Yeah. I also bumped into a, a wild ball. Like literally? I mean, that's what's going on uh, in my mind. I, did, I didn't knock into it. I did not bump into the wild ball. What happened was um, it was already near uh, Astro, right? And then I noticed that there was this figure like coming out of the bushes and crossing the road. So it looked like a dog, but not really. I was like, wait, wait, that doesn't really look like a dog. So I stopped the bike and had another look and I saw it really closely now that, oh my God, it's a wild ball. So the wild ball just happened happened to be crossing the road at that time. Okay. I presume you were polite and stopped and let it cross first. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Of course. Uh, But the one one thing that uh, really stood out was, it's not a good experience. Uh, I saw somebody getting mugged. Oh no! Uh, yeah, you know those like uh, those bikes who, yeah. who, you know those handbag snatchers. I saw that. I saw that. Luckily, the woman was the lady was safe. She let go of the bag, and the bikes just went off. At yeah. any point, did you think about chasing after the bike? Um, no, I just I just went over to the lady. I, to be honest, I was a bit scared because I saw the whole commotion. Didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And as he snatched the bag away, I it was on the across on the opposite side of the road. So I immediately went over and just asked the lady, "How are you? Are you okay?" But she was in a state of shock. She just yeah. she, she was mumbling and just and just went off. But she was fine. She was safe. Yeah. Okay. On the flip side of this discussion on on alternative modes of transport, um, you are a musician. We play mm-hmm. one of your songs. Can you tell us what the song's about and why you wrote oh. it? Oh, so uh, I became a dad in uh, 2012, I think. So my my daughter was born, and one day I was just playing with her, and this tune just kind of popped into my head. And I was like, oh, okay, it is quite a catchy tune. So I, I recorded it on my phone. So it was called Beautiful. So the song was named after my daughter. Then after that, I had another daughter uh, come around. I was like, all right, okay, this song still applies. I'll call it, <laughs> I'll call it Beautiful Girls then. And then I had a son. I had a son. Then I'm like, okay, I can't call it Beautiful Girls anymore. <laughs> so I'll just name this song to Beautiful. And that's really the background of the song about my kids. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant story. Both of them, actually. Thank you so much, Megat, for talking to us. we got more stories, though, about alternative modes of transport coming up, including some nostalgic memories of busing in the old days as we continue to Jalan Jalan. So on Jalan Jalan this morning, we explore this idea that you can get around the city without a car. Can it be done? Well, yeah, you can, because lots of people have actually done it. We're speaking with Sarah. Sarah, can you tell us about your car-free experience of getting to work? I believe you do the scooter? Yes, I use an electric scooter. Oh my God. Okay, so how long is the distance um, from where you live to where you work? Okay, I think it's about one kilometer. 
It's about a 20-minute walk. I used to walk and it got so tiring. So okay. I got a scooter. Yeah, it's about um, seven-minute ride. Yeah. And and when you first started scooting, scootering to, I don't scootering. know what, scootering, scootering to work, um, was it a bit nerve-wracking? I mean, like, what was that experience like? Oh, yeah, because um, my first time, it was really, really nerve-wracking because it was right at the side of the highway. So it was the road before my office where mm-hmm. it's always jammed. So whenever I ride by, everyone can just see me go. <laughs> okay, well, and uh, why was that scary? <laughs> this was pre-pandemic, so I had no mask on, so everyone can see a clear view of my face. And like, people were in a jam, right? So Watching a could- terrified girl shoot by on an electric <laughs> scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and you know I've actually gotten some cat calls by lorry drivers or like motorbike riders. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. I have to ask. Did you get a set of matching protective gear to go with it? No. Everyone was telling me to get it, but I don't want to look even more stupid. <laughs> oh. And have you paid for the price of your vanity? I almost fell once. It was really scary because it was nighttime. And the sidewalk was very bumpy. It was like bricks on the ground, but it was like uneven bricks. Mm -hmm. And if I fell to one side, I would go down the hill. (laughs) If I fell to the other side, I would be on the highway. (laughs) So, Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was quite dangerous, honestly. But I almost fell to the highway one time. Yeah. Okay, well, that, I guess, is uh, as good a cautionary tale as any. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take alternative means, just make sure that you have lots of uh, precautions in place. Yep, practice. Yep, very, very important. Now, going back in time a little bit, we're going to be chatting with Asha and Keith about their fondest and earliest memories of public transportation back when, really, those were the (laughs) early choices you had. Yep. Were they really fond? Oh, very fond. Okay. Now, for many of us, the idea of getting around the city without a car is inconceivable. But there was a time when, well, public transport was one of the ways you got around because cars were really expensive. So back in the day, Asha, you have a fond memory of this? I do. So pretty much every weekend, my older cousins would go back to Sramban and I would follow them because it was you know, mm. going to my, see my grandparents. And we would get on a bus to get to the bus station. And then from the bus station, we would get that singular bus that just went straight to Sromban. Oh, okay. And no aircon. You know, it was the kind of bus where open windows and the rest of it, yeah. bumpity, bumpity, bumpy. Yeah. I would always have my books with me. Oh, nice. And something to snack on or some fruit or something. And my cousins would be there. We'd either be talking or I'd be reading. But excitement was brewing because it meant going to see my grandparents. It yeah. meant going to see my younger cousin who's my age. Yep. She was like my cousin's sister twin. Yep. And I just knew that the weekend was going to be amazing because I was going home to Sramban, you know, so there was excitement and it was so much fun. So the bus ride represents something pretty big then. It's yeah, an adventure. It was, it was like, like going that. home and lots of fun to be had. Yeah. Oh, very sweet. Yeah. Now, speaking of sweet, hmm, we've already had this chat. So Keith apparently has a slightly different sweet story taking the bus. Go on, Keith. Yeah, my fondest memory is like back then. So me and my friends, we were so bored on the bus. So we decided, you know what, let's try something new. So we would go to the canteen and at the end of the day, 
At we, school. At school. Okay. okay. And we will buy syrup limon ice. Okay. It was only thirty cents back then. You get the pee, and we will buy five bags each. Okay, five packets. What? Yep. We bring it on the bus, mm-hmm. but we do not drink it. Oh. So when the bus jalan and halfway through its journey, uh-huh. we would throw those drinks on the car. <gasps> Dude. <laughs> you would throw syrup bombs out the window? Yep. And we were so good at it. We were so accurate. We would burst out laughing. And you were so accurate <laughs> because you kept doing this? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But but we aimed for the park cars because we were always going through a housing area. So when did it all stop then? <laughs> so the conductor found out. And he didn't tell us to stop. What he did was the next day or the following day, when we were about to go up the bus and we bought 10 packets each. So we were holding these <laughs> packets, just running to the bus. He stops us like, okay, you guys, minum dulu, baru naik bus. <laughs> so what did you guys do? We couldn't finish it. We, we had to throw it against the wall. <laughs> Still throwing. Still throwing. No, no, not, just not no. throwing in a bin. Like uh, just when I thought that there was something redeeming about this. Oh, man. Uh, You're horrible, dude. dude. <laughs> I'm loving this. Anyway, thank you to all of our guests. Thanks to our producer, Keith, who shared a very incriminating story of his criminal youth with us and on your story as well of a year without a car. You can listen to this again on the Light Breakfast podcast. That is on the Shock app.